Hello, and welcome to episode 178 of the official EstablishTheRun.com podcast. My name is Adam Letitan. I'm one of the co-founders here at ETR. As always, I'm joined by fellow co-founder Evan Silva. And yes, the NFL draft is just two short weeks away. Last episode, we talked quarterbacks and running backs. Today, we're going to talk mostly wide receivers and a little tight end, which I'm excited for because I think this is a unique class for a few reasons, I think, which we can get into. But anyways, for that, we are joined by Mike Renner. You know him as the NFL draft specialist for profootballfocus.com. Mike, what's going on? What's up, fellas? Glad to be back here. Yeah. Favorite time of year. I know. I know. It feels like a culmination of all your work uh, coming to an end here, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah, pretty much. It actually, that was kind of like a couple of weeks ago. Once the draft guide gets finished, that's what really like sits on me all year round is getting that out, getting make sure that's good. And then once that is, it's kind of just, I get to just rattle off takes for the next month. And that's my favorite part of the job. So this is all icing on the cake right now. Yeah. All we do is rattle off takes all year. So that's good for us. <laughs> Evan, what's going on? What's up, man? Adam, looking real, real good uh, th- <laughs> this afternoon. Uh, runner always looking good. So thank you. Let, let's 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 talk some ball. Let's try to get as many. Let's try to get him to talk about as many wideouts as we can today. Yeah. Okay. I, I got to put this out there on the wide receiver class, man. And you know, uh, I think for me, the elephant in the room. And uh, uh, you know, I know I'm I'm a hardo about this, but is this whole size issue right? I don't think I've ever seen a class where the top prospects are just so small. And I know people hate this stuff because they think that they can pinpoint outliers. They can say, oh, you know, he's the next Tyreek. He's the next Deshaun Jackson. When in reality, it just doesn't happen that often. You know, wide receivers under 190 pounds, they don't become top 10 fantasy wide receivers at a rate above like 20%. So before we get into the exact players, I I want to get your take on this class as a whole. Do you see it as a class of outliers, Renner, and what do you think about this whole size debate at the wide receiver position? Yeah, I think there are truly a few outliers in this class that are the undersized guys. But I do think a lot of the talent is, I don't want to say getting overvalued, but you're just going to have to realize that it's there are guys who are going to excel in a certain role and that a lot of times they're not going to get drafted and get put into that role. And so I do think as talented as it is, like guys like Rondale Moore, Guys like uh, everyone's favorite sleeper, Jalen Darden from North Texas, like they're just not going to put up probably big numbers. Uh, they're going to be almost get, they're going to be gadget players more likely than not. That's just the way it goes with guys that size, the NFL level. Yeah, and that's kind of what I think too. And I hate using arbitrary endpoints, right? And I've done this article in the past where I look at you know uh, what a top ten wide fantasy wide receiver looks at and try to bucket them into sizes. The problem is it ends out with a lot of arbitrary endpoints, but in this class, Evan Devontae Smith, Jalen Waddell, Elijah Moore, Rondell Moore, Tutu Atwell, like all these guys are extremely undersized for what the typical fantasy wide receiver one looks like. Where do you come down on this whole debate about size, Evan? And then we'll get into the players. Yeah. And I think that even the number one overall, the consensus number one overall receiver in this class, Jamar Chase, I mean, he's not small, but he's not big six foot two ten. Um, you know, so yeah, I mean, size is definitely the a, a conversation uh, amongst this class, but you know, still we should you know try to evaluate each player independently. I want to just jump to the jump right into Devonte Smith because 
you know, when I watched him play, I, you know, and I, I definitely viewed him from an optimist in, in an optimistic lens, but man, he was so productive, such a good route runner. Um, he reminds me a little bit of Marvin Harrison and you know, that would be like the comparison that I made, but Marvin Harrison really, I mean, you know, he, he was kind of an outlier too, from a, from a size standpoint. I mean, he was in the low one seventies, Devonte Smith is what six foot one seventy. Uh, you know, is there is there an NFL comparison that you would have for Devontae Smith, uh, Mike? And, you know, how do how do you evaluate him? We just we don't see very many receivers excelling at one hundred and seventy pounds in the NFL. Yeah, there's really no there's like no recent comp because of college weight programs have improved. You know, like people lift weights now in college. So no one comes out of college that light. They're just even looking for any sort of guy who's playing at that weight. You got Paul Richardson and Snoop Minnis, the only two guys drafted who are even close to comparable size-wise. And you got two guys over the past 20 plus years or so that are even comparable. So like trying to glean any meaningful information out of that, you're not going to. Like just because Paul Richardson wasn't great does not mean Devontae Smith's not going to be great. I, I do think it's going to be more of an issue. Like the size factor plays more because co- – College corners are, for the most part, 5'10", 5'11", 185. NFL corners are six foot, six one, 200. Like, those are big dudes that you're going up against. So the size will matter more. You're not going to have as many nice highlight reel test catches as you did in college. But like, the route running, the ability to get open, a lot of that still is not predicated on him being 200 or 170. Like, it'll, it'll – won't really matter either way because he's just not going to guys aren't going to be able to get their hands on him. And when they do, like he's very good at getting guys hands off of him and keeping himself clean. So yes, it'll matter more, but I, I it's not going to matter more where it's like, Oh, he's going to bust and be like a nobody at the next level. There's no way that's possible. Like he's too talented. Otherwise. Yeah. Do you have Devante as the number two? I mean, obviously we're skipping over Jamar chase. Everybody assumes he's going to be the number one wide receiver off the board. Do you have Devante Smith as the number two wide receiver on your board? He's going to be on our final board. I honestly like Jalen Waddle more as a prospect, but the injury, the ankle injury, a little worrisome. The fact that his injury history at this point, a little more lengthy than Devontae Smith's because they're, they're that close kind of on the yeah. board in terms of how I feel about him. So yeah, I'd lean towards Devontae Smith and kind of the floor that he has then. Yeah. What do you like about Jalen Waddle in comparison to Smith? I know Waddle comes with maybe more, more just raw speed. And it's not just speed with Waddle. You know, Henry Ruggs had raw speed, but he was not – he didn't play fast and he didn't make guys miss. That's the biggest thing with Waddle is he's fast in a straight line. He's fast to his left. Like, he's fast to his right. Uh, backwards, like, he is – he moves every which direction at a different speed than everyone else. Like, he plays just at a quicker speed. That's why he was the returner since his true freshman year at Alabama. That's why he – You know, I mean, when the games they played this past season, he had more yards than Devontae Smith when they're both healthy. Like, he is ridiculously productive when given the opportunity. Um, He is another guy who is undersized, but really is a different caliber of athlete than even any of the other undersized guys in this class, last year's class, whatever. One thing that we've talked about in uh, Rotoviz really highlighted is that for small receivers, um, when they have productive – histories in the return game uh they tend to be uh, better bets in the nfl i mean just it just shows the skill mm-hmm. that you know they can be really good with the ball in their hands and so i think that that's promising for jalen waddle um so you, i think to yeah. like add to that i feel like the mm-hmm. ability 
to not be touched is big when you're undersized mm -hmm. because mm -hmm. once you get touched, that's when like you're screwed as an undersized wide receiver. You have to make guys miss entirely at the NFL level. And that I, I feel confident about Jalen Waddle being able to do that. And that makes sense. Yeah. I want to circle back to Jamar Chase real quick. His, you know, NFL draft position prop is right around five, five and a half or so. In other words, the market's expecting him to go either fourth or fifth overall and immediate outcome. Do you think Jamar Chase is worthy of going that high in the NFL draft? And how would you compare it to some other truly elite prospects that have gone in the top five, six picks of the draft recently? Yeah, I do. I mean, if you're going back wide receivers, obviously better than Corey Davis, I think was the last top five wide receiver. Is that right? Um, and then even before that, Mari Cooper, they're close. Him and Amari Cooper. I think Amari Cooper is a better route runner coming out. I think Jamar Chase definitely more physical, definitely better at the catch point than Amari Cooper. So, like, if you're going toward best prospects since X, it's either going to be Cooper, Watkins, Julio, whoever you want to pick in that sort of tier from back then. He's that good. Like, he was that good, and that's his sophomore tape that we're basing on him being that good. He really just is that guy. Yeah. I, yeah, I think that the Bengals should go offensive tackle still, in my opinion, but I'd love to see Jamar Chase reunited okay. with Joe Burrow, too. Yeah. That would be a lot of fun, for sure. Um, okay. I think a lot of people are excited about Rashad Bateman, and I think Elijah Moore is kind of in that tier, too, has a chance to go in the first round as we move down the board here a little bit. How would you evaluate some of these guys that maybe go in the back end of the first round, Elijah Moore, Rashad Bateman, then we can get into maybe Terrence Marshall and Kadarius Tony too. Yeah, I really like Rashad Bateman. I, I don't see what there is honestly not to like about this guy. Like he has fairly good size for the wide receiver position. Definitely not undersized. Um, came in like one, low 190s at his pro day, but he said to us like he got COVID this past year. Uh, was struggling to keep on the weight over the course of the season because he lost like 15 pounds after COVID. Struggling to keep on the weight. So he's still getting that back. He had played in the around 200 uh, the year prior to that. So that's, I think, what you expect. And that was his best year, sophomore year, when he played on the outside at Minnesota. Like he can get off the line of scrimmage. He could run routes really well. It's good after the catch. I, honestly, like struggling to poke holes in his game. The only holes, like he's not a four three guy with a 40 inch vertical. He's not like Jamar Chase. Like that's the hole is that he's not that freak level of athlete. He's a good athlete though in his own right. So yeah, Rashad Bateman's wide receiver four at PFF and like firmly like middle of the first round kind of guy, in my opinion. Yeah. Evan, have you seen Rashad Bateman at all? Any thoughts on him? Anybody else you want to ask Renner about there in that kind of back end of the first round? Yeah. Yeah. So Rashad Bateman as a uh, sophomore, I guess, so in 2019, you know, Tyler, they had Tyler Johnson at Minnesota, and Tyler Johnson was the slot receiver, and Rashad Bateman played on the outside, and Rashad Bateman had a huge year. And then um, I didn't know that he uh, got COVID, um, but I know that his season was shortened, and but he, he, was, he, was, he was playing slot receiver uh, this past season, and he wasn't as good. And that, maybe that, uh, you know, that was affected by, you know, his, his health as well, but um, I think he's going to be an outside receiver primarily in the NFL, but I do think it's good that he showed that he can function at least in the slot. So he's got, you know, that, that versatility, not the, not the biggest dude, not, um, you know, not that his size is, uh, is a negative. I think he's six foot two, two ten, something, something in that range. And like, uh, but a, a good athlete and um, a guy that, you know, again, has that position flexibility. And I think a lot of coaches value that these days. I mean, we, we see, you know, most receivers are at least 
playing 20% of their snaps in the slot these days. Yeah, and one thing I'd say about a lot of these guys is like from a fantasy perspective, when you're playing full PPR, having a guy operate out of the slot can actually be really valuable. Even if you don't think they're the best prospect in the world, you can rack up catches in a hurry out of the slot as we've seen. And along those lines, what do you think about Elijah Moore, Renner? Because he was someone, even though he's only 5'10", 178, it feels to me like he profiles best in the slot. I've even seen some like comps to him like Antonio Brown, which obviously would be very high praise. But what do you think about Elijah Moore making an impact right away at the NFL level, just as a pure slot receiver. I'm not sure he's an outside receiver at all. To me, the, the comp to him, I, I, I think I'm so high on him. He's wide receiver five for us because I, I do think he can play some on the outside. Like he can get by with him on the outside. To me, the comp for him, I think in the draft guys, Emmanuel Sanders. And they're almost tested out identically. Uh, Sanders has an inch on him. I think Sanders came out and he was like 5'10, 185. Elijah Moore is 5'9 185. So like, very similarly sized and athletic guys who he went up against JC Horn, the South Carolina cornerback. They moved Horn in the slot to that game because they knew Moore was like their number one guy. And he got off of JC Horn's press better than any guy I saw this whole year. Like that was Horn's game. He locked dudes up. Seth Williams from Auburn absolutely ate his lunch in that game. Goes up against Elijah Moore from Ole Miss and cannot get a hand on him. So that, that like makes you feel good about maybe this guy, if he is on the outside, doesn't quite fit the mold but he can do it. He put up 17 reps on the bench at his pro day for only weighing in the like 180. That's a really strong guy. And I think his contested catch rate over the course of his career is almost 66%, almost two thirds of the times he had contested catches he came down with. So really plays a lot bigger than his size does. And that's kind of what you have to do. Again, if you're going to be that undersized guy to succeed in a every down sort of, you know, when you go two wide receivers, you can't hide that guy. He's got to play. I think he could still do it at the NFL level. And, uh, he's like I said, he's wide receiver five for us. And JC Horn, I mean, we're talking about a guy that might go like in the top 12 or something like that. Yeah. So yeah. that's a nice accomplishment for, um, for Elijah Moore. I, I thought that he was really, really good after the catch. He caught everything. Um, I, I thought I, a good comparison for him might be like Doug Baldwin. Um, and Doug Baldwin was a guy that, you know, even though he was primarily a slot receiver, like he could win yeah. downfield too. Mm-hmm. You can do enough to get by. Uh, that's like, that's what like you worry about with the tours. Is it slot only, or do you have slot outside versatility, or are you outside only? A lot of time, like to you have to play on the outside to at least get like that. You know, seventy percent of the snaps to at least like make an impact fantasy wise. Yeah. Okay. Uh, there's a couple other small guys we should talk about, but I want to talk about a bigger guy now. Let's talk about a couple uh, actual alphas here. Terrace Marshall, I believe, was like six three. 205 um what are your thoughts on him i feel like he's gotten a lot of buzz lately as maybe a guy who could sneak into the first round what do you think about terrace marshall yeah so he's like decidedly different from all these guys we're talking about in that big wingspan big catch radius can go up and kind of get it uh he played the slot this past year he played the justin jefferson role this past year uh 2020 opted out like seven games in uh, was really productive in that role. Had some drops, but like I think he still has good ball skills. More concentration drops. Played outside the year prior. He still is like a little skinny though for his frame. Like two hundred five, but for a guy who's like a little over six three, he's still decidedly less or less bulky. And then like stands next to Jamar Chase. Jamar Chase like looks like much much more rocked up than Terrace Marshall. He still needs to get stronger, but he's young. I think he's only twenty years old still. Uh, ascending and has legit speed like six, three, two Oh five with four, three high four, three speed is that's a nice combo. It's a nice starting point. So he might not 
I wouldn't expect him to hit the ground running like the other two LSU receivers, but this guy has, he has the tools to work with that could get there in time. Scored a lot of touchdowns in, in college, too. you know, yeah. playing in the same receiver core as Jamar Chase and Justin Jefferson the year before. Yeah, for sure. Okay. Another guy who maybe is uh, a buzz guy in draft circles is Kadarius Tony. I think he's another slot prospect. If I'm not mistaken. It seems like all mm-hmm. these guys, a lot of them are, are slot prospects, but he's at least six flat 193. I believe he was at his pro day. Kadarius Tony slot only Kadarius Tony first round prospect for you. I can't get on board with that. He's ridiculously dynamic. Like a guy with the ball in his hands, probably the best in this draft class. Um, I've only seen the highlights at this point, I think, but he just, the way he runs routes is it's like all freestyle. It's, it's no, if you threw him into an NFL offense, like if you threw him in with Tom Brady, he would hate him. Like he's not, he's not where he's supposed to be when he's supposed to be there. And it's just kind of, doing whatever he wants to do to get open. And that's fine. Like you can do that. You can get away with that in college, but it's NFL is so timing based. He's just going to have to, he just has so much work to do with getting that tightened up. And I worry about one, you're having to get that tightened up and two, having to transition to, like I said, be able to win more on the outside to, uh, to be able to succeed and to be able to get a full-time role in the NFL to justify a first round pick. And like the out running routes on the outside is far more timing based. Like you can't freestyle on the outside or else that you're getting, you're throwing picks. So um, I just think he might have, he struggled with the transition to the NFL in terms of from that perspective, the fact that he's already a senior and still doing this sort of stuff. The physical tools are incredible, but I'm just, I'm not going to use a first rounder on that guy when I'm going to have to completely you know, teach him how to run routes. Yeah. Okay. I couldn't believe it when I read this. I, I honestly hadn't, hadn't even heard of Tutu Atwell. And then people are tweeting that Tutu Atwell at 155 pounds is like a second or third round. I, I thought I was going to, I didn't even, like, I, I'm scared when guys are 170. Now you're telling me 155 pounds, you're going to use a second or third round pick on a guy who's 155 pounds. Tell me this is not totally uh, insane, Renner. And is that actually where you think he's going to go? No, I think it's totally insane. Uh, 155 pounds. And he wasn't even, he ran a 4.42 at his pro day. It's not like he's Chris Johnson running a 4.24 and just like, yeah, you can throw it up. And he's like, no one's going to be able to check him. He's not that fast. And, and like, he doesn't make guys miss on tape. He just outruns angles. And 155 pounds, you're not going to break tackles at that weight. You're, you're, any guy touches you, you're going to be down on the ground. Like, that's, you're not going to be able to, thrive on anything other than like jet sweeps wide screens like scheme stuff over routes like i don't see how that guy runs a full route tree at the nfl level there's i think there's just a lot better if you're talking about slot only options which is what he's going to have to be they're just much much better options in this class in my opinion i mean a lot of gadget dudes man we're talking about a lot of gadget dudes and and he's at the forefront of that yeah okay i think he should be at the back of that it's like in my opinion honestly uh Last one I have on my list here, and then I want to get some maybe off the board takes from you is Rondell Moore. And I know he's only 5'7", and that's really short to play in the NFL, but he is 181 pounds. And I thought just from watching Rondell Moore, he was one guy that I thought actually like jumped off the screen, one of the best players in the game when you watch him. So I, I don't know. I tend to maybe give a little bit more credence to Rondell Moore despite being 5'7". How do you see him being used in the NFL? And what do you think of his prospects? That's the thing. It's really going to depend on landing spot for Rondell. Like he is unique, even, even in terms of just gadget players in general, like four, two, nine, 42 inch vertical. 
He did 24 reps on the bench. Like he squatted 600 pounds before he even went to college. Like he is as strong a 181 pounder as you'll find like in the world. The, the guy is just a ball of muscle and really plays like that. Like guys can't check him like in press coverage. He runs just through arms. He ran through straight up a defender's chest in college his freshman year at, against Ohio state, like an incredible highlight. He really is just different than any of these other guys we're talking about, but it's like, how, what do you do with that guy? Who's five foot seven has a wingspan under five foot 10, like a 69 inch wingspan. Um, it, you're just, I'm not sure what you're, you're not going to be able to throw that guy down the field really much. Like he, yeah, even with that vertical, like you're not going to throw him up the seam because he still has to time it out perfectly with his jump. And you're not even going to see that guy five foot seven running up the seam. So I'm not sure what exactly role he plays, but I do think there is a role to just like get the ball in his hands, whether it's like splitting time between running back and slot or something like that. If to get him to see the field, because he really is just too dynamic to not have getting the ball in his hands in some way, shape or form. Yeah. You look at this dude, he like his, his muscles have muscles. I mean, yeah. he is, this dude is jacked. And then his highlight reel is just insane. Like he's really hard to tackle, really, really hard to tackle. Um, I, I, I wanted to ask you this about him though. And then you kind of alluded to it. Like, could we see him end up at running back? You remember the Raiders drafted Lynn, Lynn Bowden out of Kentucky mm -hmm. last year. Didn't work out. But, you know, they, they wanted to play <laughs> – didn't work out at all. But they, they wanted to play him at running back. They, they had the idea of playing him at running back. Um, could Rondell Moore end up as like a third down back maybe? I would – honestly, I think he can't. I think that's probably his best position. Yes, he's small for a running back, but he's more Darren Sproles than he is your average 180-something pound running back. Like he is – like I said, he's like a rock. And he, I think he could even pass protect at that size – and the guy's only 20 years old. Like he could still get bigger. And I, I don't know, like he really is unique prospect in the history of the NFL in terms of what he brings to the table, the physical skill set. Uh, so I, I do think, again, the landing spot's going to matter. But if someone's creative enough, if you're drafting this guy, if you're getting him in like the 50s, you got to get him on the field somehow. Like he, yeah. He's just too talented not to. I, I like that idea that Evan had to let him play on third downs. It's kind of a running back. That, that sounds really interesting to me on Rondell Moore. Okay, I'm sure there's some guys you're in love with that I didn't mention. Maybe I skipped over some guys in the top one or two rounds that I didn't mention too. Is there anybody that you think, hey, for fantasy players especially, you guys need to know about this guy. He's going to be a sleeper. He's someone that uh, I really like. Yeah, I think there's two guys I'll bring up that I really like who'd kind of be next on my board. Uh, a lot of people like him at this point. He's been talked about a lot. But Diami Brown from North Carolina, I think he had – He's averaged 20 yards a catch the last two years. His like average depth of target was like 18 yards down the field. He led all of college football. He just he's running go routes, but he's and he's not particularly fast. But I, I think that's almost like the beauty of it that he was so productive and so able to continually get open on go routes despite being like 5'11, 190, and runs like a four five. He's just a really sudden guy. Plays a lot stronger than his size, so I think he's an interesting. He'll come off the board probably somewhere in round two. And obviously landing spot matters then a ton at that point. But I do think he's an interesting project going forward. The other one I'll mention is Josh Palmer from Tennessee. He is a senior, but in that Tennessee offense, like they just didn't have anyone that could get him the ball. He was very similar to De'Ami Brown in that he's running a vertical route tree pretty much, you know, the vast majority of the time. But he just doesn't have a quarterback there in Jarek Guarantano who can even hit him. So his numbers look like shit, but he's getting open. Like you go watch the tape against him and Patrick Sertan and he stacks him twice down the football field. One time he gets hit. 
the other time it gets completely underthrown, but like he actually has that ability, that suddenness kind of off the line of scrimmage is just super violent route runner. So I kind of like both those guys I think they were kind of underutilized in what they bring to the table. Uh, but obviously like they're more, I think DM is going to come off like round two Palmer, probably like round late round three or four. Evan, any wide receivers that we didn't mention that you like or any other wide receivers that you want to ask Renner about? No, I think we should move on to the tight ends. Okay. Tight end. We have another unique case. I mentioned why I thought the wide receiver class was unique. I mean, you know, no tight end has gone in the top five since 1972. Uh, Kyle Pitts had 770 receiving yards and 12 touchdowns in just eight games last year. Obviously won the motherfucking Mackey Award. Did Kyle Pitts. I mean, it is. it would take a really big outlier to say you can you you can take Kyle Pitts over Penny Sewell over Sean Slater over Jamar Chase to play the tight end position but from everything I've seen everybody seems convinced and the measurables seem convinced and the production seems convinced that Kyle Pitts is indeed a once in a generation tight end do you see it that way is Kyle Pitts worth a top five overall pick runner yeah I, I think yes I really is is unique I, I haven't seen a tight end like him even going back to vernon davis he still moves differently than vernon davis like this guy everyone thought like the thought he might have come in like 230 because that's how just like different he moves compared to everyone else and he came in 245 like he is tight end size six foot six had the biggest wingspan ever measured for a uh, position player for a skill position player on offense he's just a unique dude in that regard and like guys that look like him play basketball, you know, they don't play football. He is just, he really is a special athlete and the productions there, the route running abilities there. And I think the biggest reason why everyone feels like comfortable saying, you know, Pitts top five do it is because the role he played at Florida where they're splitting him out wide, he's going one-on-one against sec cornerbacks and, and he's beating them. You know, that's, that's what it takes. That's what tight ends can't do. That's why they bust at the top of the draft is because you split TJ Hawkinson out wide right now they'll laugh in your Hawkinson's face. Like they're not going to be worried about TJ Hawkinson running a vertical route against mm-hmm. you on the outside. Kyle Pitts, you got to worry. He ran away from Kelvin Joseph, the Kentucky cornerback who ran a four, three, because when he gets up to full speed, he is flying there down the football field. So he's, yeah, I think he does ultimately go probably top five in this draft. Yeah. He, he's been a difficult ranking for, for us in early best ball drafts and stuff like that because obviously the tight end position to find the ceiling at it while only three or four guys actually have a ceiling to get 100 yards in a given game in a given week and so if Kyle Pitts is one but to ask him to do it right away at the NFL level I think is asking a lot Evan what have you seen out of Kyle Pitts and what do you think about year one impact for fantasy yeah because his his early ADP is like people are taking him in the fourth round yeah right yeah yeah yeah. Uh, that's that's a little tough but I mean, he, I mean, he like checks every single box, doesn't he? I mean, any, any, and he played on the line a lot in college, obviously you're going to be able to split him out in the slot and as a perimeter receiver, but he also has a lot of experience playing as like a traditional tight end. Um, He's got super long arms. He can hold his own as a blocker. I think that the expectation that usually the, the, the reason that a lot of these tight ends, um, the rookie tight ends, early in their careers struggle to get on the, I mean, they are struggle to produce in the box scores because they don't get on the field as every down players right away, you know, because there's a lot of stuff for them to pick up. Even TJ Hawkinson, who was considered a, a very complete tight end 
Um, I think that he was in like the 60 to 70% range in terms of playing time in his first season when he was healthy. Um, but man, I mean, it seems like Kyle Pitts should be able to get, get out there and, and play on, on virtually every snap as a rookie. Um, but I don't know, I guess we'll, we'll have to see, but I think from definitely from a talent standpoint, like he is the number one non quarterback skill position player in this draft for sure. Yeah. And just from a redraft perspective in a best ball right now, we have him 112 overall. That's 29 spots behind ADP. So, I mean, we're well behind Kyle Pitts and ADP. Obviously people are very excited right now, but yeah, we have him in kind of the Jasicki Higby Pitts range among tight ends from a dynasty perspective though. You can go to Kareem's rankings. I mean, Kyle Pitts is an awesome, awesome dynasty asset. uh, Obviously the rest of the tight end class Renner, what do you think about it? It seems pretty weak. I'm not sure that, um, I know as a Penn State guy, I, I've seen Pat Fryermuth plenty. Uh, he was a beast. He doesn't look like the kind of player that I would spend a first-round pick on, in my opinion. But, I mean, he was a beast in a lot of games for Penn State. And then there's some other guys. I don't know, Hunter Long, Brevin Jordan. I don't know what you think the rest of the tight end class. It seems kind of weak to me. Yeah, I agree. To me, it's Pitts, Tier, Fryermuth, Tier, and then kind of the rest of those guys. Like, I like Fryermuth. He, he'd be tight end one in most classes. But again, I think you hit the nail on the head there. He doesn't look like the guy who goes around one because he's now he didn't test this pre-draft because of shoulder, but he's like probably a four seven guy, not gonna shake you after the catch. He's gonna try to run right through you after the catch. He's not that dynamic, but I think he takes a lot of bob to where has the size, 260 pounds, inline block, get on the field right away, um, and is really reliable with his hands. And so I think he can produce, but he's nowhere near that sort of echelon of tight ends that you know the pit the pits the kelsey kittle waller too there is not even close to that in terms of just his ability to just get open at the nfl level you're not he's not really a guy who's going to get open on his own he's going to be a guy who you scheme open and then you're going to feel good about it once you get the ball in his hands sure any strict pass catchers like a lot of times the nfl dings guys because they're not good blockers or whatever from a fantasy perspective though i'm good with that when guys aren't good blockers because hey i'd rather them go out there and run routes on third down if you only play on third down only play in the red zone like that's fine by me i kind of think that's how they're going to use donald parham this this year by the way but anyways um any prospects like that we should be aware of who they're dinged at the nfl level because they're not good blockers but they are good pass catchers and therefore might go a little bit further down the board there are two guys I'd probably put in that. One is Brevin Jordan from Miami. He's like 6'2", and now he tried to gain – it looked like he tried to gain a bunch of weight by his pro day, and he came in really slow. And he ran like a 4'6'8 on his pro day when he's – and came in at 247. And he is not – like on his tape, he looked like like a high 4'5 guy. Like he looked pretty fast. Looked like he could get away from linebackers. But he really was – he probably was like playing at 6'2", like 235. So he is really H-back size. Uh so he's kind of a project in that regard, but also still young. He's another guy. I don't think he's 21 years old yet. And then the other guy highlight is Noah Gray from Duke. Tested pretty well. Was utilized pretty much as a slot receiver in Duke's offense. He's 6'2", 240, kind of in that tweener size who, you know, that he could see the field as just a patched catching type of tight end or, you know, the like H-back type of guy. Yeah. Evan, any, any questions for Renner? Any tight end takes? Uh, I've seen Fryermuth and Pitts, but that's it. Uh, I was in a recent dynasty draft and I drafted, it was like the fourth round or, you know, it was, it was late and, um, it's a tight end premium league. Hunter Long was just sitting there and I sight unseen just 
click the button. Uh, what do you what do you think about? I mean, I, I looked up his <laughs> stats. I looked up his stats, and I looked up his you know his athleticism and. His stats are pretty good, and then his athleticism wasn't terrible just on paper from his pro day. But what do you, I mean? What do you think? Can can he be like a starter in the NFL? Do you think? I think so. He he's the kind of guy who there's like not really a weakness to his game. He kind of just ticks every box you want to see at the NFL level for a tight end. It's like size. Can he make off you know off target catches? Yes. Can he can he get run routes a little bit? Yeah, sure. Can you run the seam? Yeah. Does he do anything exceptionally well? No. It's like, it's just, he kind of does everything, kind of takes all that boxes to where that's, that's good enough for a lot of teams in the tight end position. You really don't need much more than that if you're not going to have one of those upper echelon guys. All right. Cool. We have said it all. I'm excited to see the landing spots on all these guys. And honestly, like, I, I hope that all these guys, some of these guys turn out to be massive outliers and I can stop worrying about drafting guys to 170 pounds every year because it's giving me uh, a heart attack with all these guys. But yeah, hopefully it works out for a lot of these guys. Renner, tell the people where they can find you, where they can find your work, they can find you on social, et cetera, et cetera. Yeah, you can find me on Twitter at PFF underscore Mike. You can find a draft podcast called Two for One Drafts wherever you listen to podcasts. And then with any PFF subscription, you can get the PFF draft guide that has pretty much all the stats I just dropped on the spot here. Yeah, shout out to everybody at PFF doing the game charting. It's just like a huge part of uh, my process every week is going through the game chart and looking at the at the opportunity and so shout out to everybody at pff our great friends at pff okay that's gonna do it we have covered all four skill positions this week hope you guys learned a lot hope you're feeling ready for the draft we'll continue with more draft previews as we head towards the april 29 first round evan's first mock draft is up i have some draft props up karain's dynasty and full uh, rookie rankings are up right now as well for Mike, for Evan, for producer Luke. I am Adam. Good luck, everybody. Mm-hmm.